guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're about to jump right into another episode of Queer as Folk. We are. We are at episode 413. Only one more to go. No, don't sound so happy. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> this one leaves you in like a... A little weird yeah, spot. Yeah, because yeah, it's a full episode on its own, but it, you're at the start of a journey. Exactly. And you want to see You want to see, exactly. And they leave you at a cliffhanger at the mm-hmm. end. Like, I mean, not crazy cliffhanger, but you're like, what? What? Yeah. There was no loose ends tied up. I want to know what, what's happening. And it's just like so many things can go in so many directions right yeah, now. Yeah, so. true. <laughs> yeah. And it felt shorter, although I know it wasn't shorter. No, but it was. It, did, it uh, was oh, shorter. got mm-hmm. it, yeah. Just but like so, a little bit, but yeah. You could tell the difference, though. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's still some good talking points, so. Yeah, it was a good penultimate, I think, episode mm-hmm. to give you... Yeah, we. I think low key we needed this little lighter episode. We did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, low key <laughs> we needed it. So this was one of those like just fun, easy breezy, mm-hmm. a uh, good episodes. little palate cleanser kind yeah. of. Some things move forward, but it's not like because mm-hmm. I just been hitting you nonstop yeah, all I mean, season. I'm, I can't get up off the ropes. Every time yeah. I lean forward, somebody <laughs> knocking me back out. Yeah, <laughs> let it yeah. rope it up. Oh my god. Yeah. All right, so let's go ahead and get into this one because I'm really interested to see what we pull out of this yeah, one because we'll it's, see. yeah, we'll see. <laughs> All right, so we start out with Brian and Justin and they're lying in bed at the loft and it looks like Justin is asleep, but Brian is not. He uh, takes a few like sneaky peeks over at Justin before quietly slipping out of bed. Mm-hmm. And the minute he does, Justin's eyes pop open. <laughs> That's sad, I Yeah, and we see Brian in the bathroom dressing and then he's, tiptoeing out toward the door, unaware that Justin is awake. And just something about Brian tiptoeing in his own loft is funny to me. I know. Because like, <laughs> since when, when have Brian would have right. ever... Right, he like storms, I'm doing yes. this and I'm doing that. No, he, I mean, he is tiptoeing. <laughs> he is yeah. Okay. I mean, he went into the restroom to get dressed so he wouldn't make any noise, yeah. And anyway, yeah, so that was just, I kind of enjoyed seeing him tiptoeing <laughs> through there. In his own place. <laughs> yeah. And then we see him walking, and then Justin is following him through these dark and smoky streets. And I really like the vibe yeah. of this scene. It was giving me dream, though, because I was like, ain't no way they're out here in these dark streets. Yeah. You know, and then I was thinking, well, you never know what Brian and Justin, they they playing like, do you know me? I know. You yeah. Know? Well, who knows what they have going <laughs> exactly. on. Exactly. Yeah. And they're near Kinetic, because that the alleyway, that, the alleyway that, they're uh-huh. walking we know that alley and so you might think brian's headed to, to work, work but actually brian is at the cycling studio when justin creeps up on him and he's like a uh, nice night for a ride <laughs> <laughs> apparently brian has been slipping out at night for three weeks for three yeah. weeks i'm proud of him though yeah i mean for real because he he's showing that he's determined to do it um to push through and go through with the liberty ride mm-hmm. he's not gonna let anything stop him i mean i know he should be resting and getting his body back yeah. but at the same time brian has to do this for himself yeah he needs yeah this. if he doesn't do this he would never recover properly yeah i agree with that and i kind of wonder where justin thought brian was going though they're not too far removed from him sneaking off to a freaking hospital for surgery. Right. And it can't just be about tricking because that's not something they keep secret. Right. So I really wonder where Justin thought he was going. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to take note of the fact that he waited three weeks before following him to do this. Right. So what was about this night? Right. Well, it's like he gave Brian space. Or clearly, whatever it was, it was something that Brian felt he needed to do. And so Justin kind of gave him space to go off and do that. And he also gave Brian time to tell him on his own, like, okay, if this is something he wants me to know, I'm he'll, giving, let me know. he'll let mm-hmm. me know. 
And so he did wait, but then at some point he was like, okay, I'm... Okay, I'm guessing he's not going to say shit. <laughs> he gonna keep, a closed mouth does not get fed, yeah, so let me see what's like, up. I need to see what the heck is yeah. going on. And I think I'm okay with that, with him following him and like, mm-hmm. okay, now I got to, you know, get to the bottom right. of this. Because the possibilities that Justin could be imagining might be way worse than the right. than the reality. And that predictive anxiety over, like, what is happening like where is he going? That could be more detrimental to their relationship than whatever the truth is. True. Um, something that could be going through Justin's mind, because, you know, Justin would sneak off and join pink posses and go paint murals and things like that. <laughs> right. Maybe he thought Brian had a wild hair because he wasn't getting um, to ride and, you know, catching up with the rest of the group. So yeah. maybe he was like, he's out here doing something like I was doing. So, I mean, yeah, or something self-destructive yeah. or whatever. Who knows? Wanted but, to follow. Yeah, I do not blame him for eventually <laughs> being like, let me get up out this bed. <laughs> that part. Yeah. That's some love, though, because I swear if Brad got up, I'm going to look. Oh, I'm going to look. 3.30. Mm-mm. Yeah. Don't make I'm, no noise when yeah, you come back in. Be quiet. I'm sleeping, and you know I don't play about my sleep. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm hearing things in this scene, but I picked up on just a hint of annoyance when Justin walked in and said, nice night for a ride. Yeah. And, like, he's been worried for three weeks about what Brian was up to, and he's been here pedaling on a bicycle. Mm-hmm. It's relief, but also but also a lot of questions. Yes. Uh, well, Brian is not very happy to see him there, and he tells Justin, well, now the mystery is solved. You can go back to bed. And Justin wants to know, why are you doing this at 2 in the morning? And Brian says, just because you and everyone else qualified me, it doesn't mean I did. And Justin's like, we're just concerned, which I think Brian gets that, but their concern and that coddling, like we've, we've talked about, that's not helping yeah, him. Yeah, that not doesn't work he, for him. Yeah, it's not what he wants and not w- really what he needs right now. And it's like, you're reminding me of my weaknesses, so I have to dig into myself to find my strength. Correct. So, yeah. I and totally- that's what Debbie was telling him. Every mm-hmm. time that Vic would get sicker or get worse, new meds that was supposed to help didn't help, he would dig deep inside himself. And he didn't pull from Debbie. He didn't pull from Michael. He didn't pull right, from he Brian. He had to find him within himself mm-hmm. and, and pull himself up from his own bootstraps mm-hmm. and make it work. And that's how he got those four extra years. If Brian is going to get better and continue with a healthy lifestyle, he's going to pull himself up. And right. that's what he's doing right now in this moment. Exactly. And uh, he tells him, like, they're starving children for you to be concerned about. Like, <laughs> I got me. I'm good now. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> and I think this is where Justin has accepted Brian's decision in this moment. And I love how quick he is mm-hmm. to, to do that. And we'll talk about that some more. Because he he doesn't keep asking why or for further explanation as to why you're doing this, but he does want to know what's the reason for the secrecy. And Brian was tired of hearing that he couldn't or he mustn't. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to hear people at the gym saying, poor Kenny, told you so. And Justin says, your perseverance is surpassed only by your narcissism. <laughs> now, I don't think Brian's a narcissist at all. And I don't think Justin does either. He's joking, but I think it's more about your primary concern is thinking that you're other people's primary concern. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so that's kind of the joke that he's making. But anyway, to his quip, Brian says, you know, that's the secret to my success. Unless, of course, he's proven wrong by all the naysayers, and then he fails dismally. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) I think Justin knows that that's a real fear for Brian, and Mm -hmm. so he jumps right in to to encourage him. You're not going to fail dismally or otherwise. You're going to be a big, fat success as always. And that's what Justin does. Mm -hmm. He comes in for the reassurance Mm -hmm. because he actually believes in Brian. He knows what Brian's worth is. He knows what Brian can do. Uh, And he just knows that once Brian has his mind made up for something, just like him, once his mind is made up, there's no stopping him. He's going to do what he needs to do. So 
I like that switch. It was a quick switch. Hey, what are you doing here? Switch. Boom. Okay. Yeah. You're okay, going to kill do this. this. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what he goes on to make it clear. He's going to be right by his side. Like, we're going to ride together and then we're going to have hot, passionate sex in our tent at night. <laughs> so it's like, okay, we're both going to do mm-hmm. this. Like, I'm going to be right beside you. I'm not going to question you anymore. I'm going to encourage you and give you some incentives, okay? Yeah, and so Justin starts a little a little strip tease as he mounts <laughs> Brian's bike, and then we get this too cute and kind of hot scene, this little make-out session between the two of them. It was super hot because um, here recently, I mean, although last episode we did get that crazy hot sex scene from them, um, but after getting, and in the past for me, those are the scenes that I live for from them. Like, it was so hot because their chemistry, it's, right. it's like they're a real couple for mm-hmm. real. And I know they're acting, and but... It's, it's a credit a, to their acting. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing. But now, I no longer need that. It's the right. smaller things. Like, him just... I mean, you can leave enough to the imagination with them now. Like, the small thing, Justin looking deep in his eyes. It was so real. The kids, Brian's sweaty, Justin isn't. Him leaning up, kissing, straddling the bike. It was just those little moments. It made it seem so real and relatable. Yeah. I could easily see me doing something like that to Brad. Like, I mean, it was, it was just, I don't know. It was a yeah. good scene. And that's what made it so hot because it felt real. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they didn't even get raunchy. You just yeah. saw him climb over the bike and grab on his junk, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and Brian kissing him and pedaling hard. So you know he got a good pounding. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. we didn't get to see all that. But it, it still, it was tastefully done. Very, yeah. very fire. You know, I watched this scene and I think there are times when Justin is so good mm-hmm. for for Brian. And as soon as he realized this was something Brian needed to do for whatever reason he needed to do it, he got on board immediately. Literally. And as, yeah. <laughs> as soon as he picks up on Brian's self-doubt and fears, he encouraged him. And then he reiterated his place as Brian's partner by changing the language to we. Like, yes. not just you. Like, we are going to do this. And then he gave him some motivation to go <laughs> along with this. It's when achieving your goal, it's best, it's best to visualize. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and like you said, I love... The thing I love in this scene is those small those small details, like when Justin takes the towel off and he's like wiping yes. wiping his sweat, and as he's circling him and kind of seducing him and effectively distracting him from his self doubting, yeah, because he knows that's going on mm-hmm. in Brian's mind. And while doing all of that, he's still looking at Brian like he is this ultimate prize, uh-huh. and like he's still the face of God. And that's the kind of love and support that Brian needs, and he wants to know that Justin still sees him the way he saw him on that first yeah, night. He still has that that. That honeymoon look in his eyes. Mm-hmm. He still has that love, that passionate fire there. And he's letting Brian know, like, I'm here for you. We're going to take this journey together. And that's what he's giving him when he's reassuring him that. So yeah, uh, it's just, like you said, the small details. Yeah. They kill it. They kill it. Yeah. I hope they cleaned up at the cycling studio because the <laughs> next time we see it, uh, Ben, Michael, Hunter, and Ted are in a class there training very hard. And Michael is concerned about his bottom holding out. Ben says he's never known it to fail. And Michael says, well, you've never ridden it for 350 miles. Bet not. Bet not. Okay. (laughs) Hunter says maybe he could get an extended warranty since it's no longer new. Uh. (laughs) But I like Hunter throwing shots because he had a hard go last episode. And I I like to see that he's picked himself back up Mm -hmm. or because of his, because mm-hmm. of Michael and Ben, you know they've helped him pick himself back up. And exactly. So, yeah, and I love that because um, you know being a teenager, being a teenager is extremely difficult. So I mean that could have like just killed it and crushed it for mm-hmm. him. Like you said, he picked himself back up, but he, he's letting it 
letting it go. I mean, it's still going to be on his mind. He loves that right, girl. Right, and he it's likes not gone her. anywhere, yeah. but yeah. But I mean, he's he's still pushing forward. Still There's making still things. some good things in his life. And that's the difference for him now. Like, there are some good things in his life mm-hmm. that he can focus on. Like, that junk is going to be that junk. It's exactly. going to be there. His history is always going to be his history. But there are so many good things in his life now for him to focus on. Exactly. So he doesn't have to always focus yeah. on just the negative and, and so be I, down. That's one of the things. And we'll talk about We might do a whole special Liberty Ride episode. We'll have to see what happens while they're on the Liberty Ride. See if it's worth it. But I really like that they all have something that they're working toward. Correct. And it. And they've had that all along, but you get to see it here mm-hmm. with the with the Liberty Ride. You kind of get this visualization of it of everyone's of everybody work. Yeah, everybody mm-hmm. working on this journey, this thing mm-hmm. that they're working toward. Yeah. Uh, well, Ted is also cooling down, and he overhears two guys talking, and uh, they are looking forward to the hot guys and the steamy showers. Ooh. And then Biker Boy One wants to know if Biker Boy Two is bringing anything that starts with a C, and Biker Boy Two says if he means quote unquote vitamins. Um, he never leaves home without them. I'm not too sure they're talking about vitamin C or caffeine, <laughs> the other big C. <laughs> and neither is Ted because he looks a bit worried. Yes. Yeah, he didn't think about that. Um, like he, I didn't think about that. For one, like you don't equate athleticism and drugs. Well, uh, well, <laughs> well I guess depending on what level yeah, people. Uh, true, true. You're right. You know, I don't know what I'm thinking. Are performing. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. Well, in my mind. You should. Well, you, you're not thinking about that. He was just thinking about the charity writing. You're not thinking yeah. about. The party side of uh-huh. it and how people make a whole event. Of it. And if that's what people want to do, if they do it responsibly and they're not forcing anybody else into it, do you, boo? True, but because my mind didn't go to the party side. Like, I was, I wouldn't even think about that. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, either. I wouldn't think, I was thinking about, okay, you guys are on the marathon, you know, this is for a, right. a charity I think cause. you're way too tired. Yeah, to do I didn't think. <laughs> I, I wasn't thinking that, but when they said it, I was like, oh, damn. Oh, hell no. Nah. Yeah. And also, that's cheating because you can be up all night. They're going to bike that whole yeah, thing. You're going to do day. that one day <laughs> yeah. for your next fix, okay? Yeah. Um, well, Ted has been in control of his environment for the most part and his surroundings and all that that sort of thing since coming out of, of rehab. And so this is the first time he'll be going to a new territory since he's been sober, mm-hmm. and so I can kind of get why he is a little bit concerned. Yeah, because he won't have control of mm-hmm. his surroundings or mm-hmm. who he who he lets in his life yeah. and, and near him in space. Yeah, and if you've not been, if you've intentionally not been putting yourself around temptation, and here you might accidentally stumble upon it. You don't know how mm-hmm. you're going to respond. No, you, to that. you don't. He's still too fresh. Yeah, yeah. Well, apparently the Liberty Ride is an annual thing because they were talking about like last year, or whatever. And so this is the first time our gang is participating. And I'm not sure how many years are supposed to have passed at this point in the series. I mean, I guess two it's, or three. It's, it's, it's been four. It's the, yeah. The, well, now they say it's been four, but, you know. Yeah, anyway. I know. Yeah. Because of the <laughs> yeah. shirts in 2004. But anyway, but, my, point yeah. is, my point, the point that I'm getting to is this is the first time that our gang is participating. Yes. And so I think it's because of Uncle Vic. Like, mm-hmm. they're doing this in his honor or that kind of made them think about it a they little bit more. They got the ball more. rolling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For yeah. sure. Uh, Uncle Vic passing, them um, lose, damn near losing the hospice. I mean, like, they see how important those things are. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it put a little lot of fire under their yeah. asses. They're, yeah, they've, they've all gotten more, and not just Uncle Vic, it's been kind of everything that they've gone through. The mm-hmm. whole thing with Jason Kemp and yep. then the whole thing with Stockwell, they've all gotten more invested in their in the community. community. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it started with Justin being bashed, mm-hmm. you know? Like, so... Yeah, they've all. Well, even him before before the bashing, doing the thing at school with oh yeah, Daphne, we're definitely the, the gay the straight club. student alliance mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, 
So, yeah, but you see that growing in them over the seasons. Mm -hmm. And so even though this has been going on annually, it's the first time our gang is getting into it. It kind of, I'm willing to accept that because I can see how it's been a buildup to Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Philip and Tannis are at Melanie and Lindsay's going over plans for the big send-off party for the Liberty Ride. And Melanie's bed has become like the conference room. (laughs) She's got to do everything (laughs) from that that bed because you remember she's on bed rest. Well, Lindsay comes in offering to get them a drink, but they are, they're headed out. And as soon as they leave, the temperature drops to frigid. That smile, it just dropped off, okay? Well, Lindsay decides to take Gus to the park to get some fresh air, which she could also use. But before Lindsay can get out the door, Melanie has a very long list of things that she needs Lindsay to do. Like, bring her some tea and some yogurt, some cookies, and, like, the whole kitchen sink and yes, everything from upstairs. Everything. <laughs> I told y'all last week. Oh, my God. I, I could mm. mm-mm. Yeah. And she's got a list for the pharmacy. Well, Lindsay snatches it from her <laughs> and gives her a look. And Melanie's like, what? I can't get it myself, which is true. Yeah, girl. You but, doing the most, though. But, yeah. It... I'm going to just insert some real life here. So I've been having to help do some caretaking for a family member. And at some point you're like, you know what? You can get your own ice pack. (laughs) You you start out like, whatever you need, I got you. But after a while, like, like, "Mm, yeah. Yes. (laughs) Coming. Yeah. I have a whole little playlist that I have to listen to. To like, calm calm me down. Yes, girl. Trust me. (laughs) Yeah. I live with a Brad. I know. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, you know, last episode, Lindsay was like, nope, anything you need, I'm your arms and legs, I'll get it. But I think that's getting a little... That's over. That's over. Yeah, that's getting a little old. Yeah. So, yeah, that tune is sounding real different, <laughs> real different right now. At least she doesn't have a bell, though. You know, right. Like, ding, 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 ding. I think that would be yeah. like it. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay would have burned that house No, up. it would have been done. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Lindsay says that Mel might try saying please and not treating her like the hired help, which might be better because at least she'd get paid then. (laughs) Shots fired. Yeah, well, Melanie's like, well, it's your child too. And Lindsay doesn't think that gives Melanie the right to order her around. And I think the truth is somewhere in there. I don't know. It's just tricky. And, um, well, speaking of rights, Melanie is about to tell Lindsay what she had no right to do. But Lindsay ends it by agreeing to, like, whatever you need, I'll do it just we have to stop this. Like, the passive-aggressive stuff has got to yeah, stop. Yeah, and it needs to end. Like, yeah. either we're going to work through it or we're not. Mm-hmm. Let's, I'm going to go. Yeah. Because clearly I need to go. Yeah. And you need to just do your own thing, but get it together. Yeah. You know, these two, like, every time they fight, I turn into one of those gifts of, like, somebody passing out. Yeah, no, for <laughs> yes. real. Yeah. Lord. Like, oh, they. They, they go hard. Mm-hmm. They really do. They stress me to no end when they <laughs> when they fight. Yeah. But I liked in this scene how Lindsay's kind of fed up. We always get to see Lindsay as, I want to say, I don't want to really want to say pushover, but she's the little pushover of the two, you know? So she things have to build up for her. Mm-hmm. But I love how in this scene, like, she's had it. Like, yeah. she came in, she's just like, no. This is, you're doing the most. You yeah. know, so I, I love seeing her kind of stand up for herself. I don't know if it's the right time because, baby, you're still in the doghouse. Yeah, you are still in the doghouse. You're dog still house. in the doghouse. But, I mean, I, I like seeing her have a little backbone. Yeah. Well, Michael and Justin are at Red Cape, and they have Brett Keller, our Hollywood director, on speakerphone. And things are moving forward with the movie. But before they can get a green light to actually do some filming, they want to talk details and dollars. That means that Brett needs someone to come out to L.A. to help convince them that it has to be the original version. Um, It has to be true to the comic book. 
And, um, you know, this makes sense because no one's going to be as passionate about your project as you are. And so mm-hmm. no one's going to speak about it the way you are. And so if it needs a salesman, you know, yeah. one of them need to come and do it. Brett thinks that Justin should be the one to come out because studio execs understand pictures better than words. And he needs Justin to come out on Thursday, which unfortunately coincides with the Liberty ride. But Michael tells Brett that Justin will be there. Well, Justin wants to honor his commitment. Like he has sponsors. He's raised money. Plus what he doesn't say is he committed to doing this with Brian. Yes. And Michael tells them, well, if the movie gets made, he can give them a million dollars. But I think the commitment he made to Brian is more important. Way more important than, than any money. Yeah, than anything else. Yeah, anything, period. I mean, he sh- and Michael should know that by now. Justin's going to ride with Brian no matter what. Yeah. He would throw away anything just to be with Brian or make sure Brian's healthy and happy, safe. So, I mean, and then also you didn't even consult with me. You could have put that on mute and right. said, hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, one of us got to go. <laughs> like, I mean, what are we or doing? Or like, hey, Brett, yeah. would it be possible? Can like, I know, the- I know the whole thing about you don't want to challenge people when they're com- when they're coming to you and, like, giving you an opportunity because you don't want to lose that. But at the same time, Brian would have challenged him. Brian mm-hmm. would have said, no, I can't do it on Thursday. If you think this movie is worth it, then yes. you'll do it. You'll wait for me on, on Monday. Schedule. Yeah, because yeah, mm-hmm. it's a three day ride. Yeah. So you'll wait for me on Monday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You know, so I'll be home on Sunday. You can fly me out <laughs> Sunday night. I'll catch the red eye. I'll be ready for Monday morning meeting. Yeah. Okay. But no, Michael just so thirsty and not confident <laughs> enough in himself. You have a great product. Okay. Mm-hmm. They, if they really want you, clearly they, you didn't seek them out. They sought you out. Right. You know, so, bruh. But he didn't even consult with uh, with Justin. That's one thing I don't like about that partnership. Mm-hmm. I never feel like it's always 50-50. I feel like Michael thinks that he owns all of it. When to me, Justin really is a talent. <laughs> uh, no offense to you Michael fans out there. Don't we come love for y'all. me. Don't come for us. We yeah. love y'all. We do. Yeah, but I definitely agree. Sometimes the way the decisions get made is like, mm, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Carl comes in and he wants to speak to Michael alone. And so Michael offers to share his lunch with him. But Carl's tummy has been a little unsettled. Debbie has him all tied up and twisted. That part. Uh, what were you thinking, um, before you finish it, what were you thinking, though, when Carl um, originally walked in? Were you thinking something happy or bad? You know, I have to think, you know, I have to be, think back like two years right. when I first saw it. Yes. And so I probably thought that it was something bad. Oh, girl, I thought it was something bad. I'm yeah. like, I thought the parents... Of, of Cali maybe, parents yeah, or some shit. Hunter and, yeah. like, turned it out at the school. Girl, something. <laughs> something. And like yeah. went crazy. And he was like, yeah. I'm bringing it to you first before, you know, everybody else get involved. Mm-hmm. I was oh, my heart was dropping. But go ahead. Yeah, I thought it was something like that. And then he starts talking about Debbie. And so I'm like, oh, my gosh, what's happening with Debbie? But we've already had her pass down the diner. So it wouldn't be that. So I'm like, okay, what right. what could it be? Could it be like, look, Catherine got mad. Yeah. <laughs> All right, listen, Catherine knows. All right. Yeah. <laughs> And Catherine don't play. I already got the restraining order already, but she don't give a damn, okay? So tell your mom. I don't want to tell her. So you tell your mom because she going to listen to you. So watch out back. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Catherine on the loose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it could have been that. But Carl ha- is working up to say that he wants to marry Debbie. And he came to Michael to get his permission before asking her. And oh I respect that. And it's so cute. It's now, for adorable. a minute, I thought Michael was going to say no. I was like, Michael, do not fuck this up for Debbie. <laughs> like, don't do it. De- Debbie deserves happiness. She does. And yeah. I was just talking about the other day. I didn't even know that they were, they were going to get back together. But I was just saying how I love how the writers put Carl in Debbie's life. And she needed that type of romance. She needed something other than to hover over the gang. So, mm-hmm. uh, Michael, don't ruin this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. But yeah, Carl was so sweet. He didn't have to ask Michael. Michael's right. a grown-ass man. He's super grown. He didn't have to ask you for anything, but he wanted to respect your mom and respect you because 
you're a major part of your mom's life, you yes. know, and she's a major part of yours. So I love that he actually went to him and did the gentleman thing. Yeah, I, I like that. Maybe because I'm, I don't know, I like, I have some Southern values. Yeah. <laughs> Not many anymore, but some. And so I appreciate that. I don't mm-hmm. think it's necessarily, it's necessary all the time, but I have a, Two of my guy friends, they had situations where they went to ask the father and he said no. Really? Like three times. One guy, he kept telling him no. And then ultimately, like, that ended up fizzling out. And no, and then he, he got with another girl and the same thing happened. The father said no. So what's wrong with your like, friend? Two, it's I your know. friend, girl. What's wrong with him? <laughs> the, the father said no, like, two or three times. And then, like, a year later, the girl was like, okay, fine. We're just going to do it without his blessing. But... Dang. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, just side, side story. Sorry, friend. Yeah. We love you, though. Well, yeah, I know. Bless his heart. Well, Michael has one question for Carl. Do you promise you'll be good to her? And Carl gives him his word that he will. So oh. he's got the okay. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Well, Brian and Lindsay are at a little play place with Gus, and he she's wanting to vent about things with Melanie. And just... I kind of wonder if it was like raining or something because they were supposed to be at the park. She said she's going to take Gus to the park. So I wonder if it was like yeah. raining or snowing outside where they're filming. And so they put him, they like did this little makeshift. Right. Yeah, little, <laughs> inside, little yeah. inside play area. Yeah. Girl, Brian's getting old. We see Brian at the damn playpen with yeah. the kids. Mm-hmm. When would Brian ever been at the playpen <laughs> with the kids? Never. Because yeah. we've, over the season, we've seen them like strolling through the park yes. talking while they, she's pushing Gus mm-hmm. in that stroller. But yeah, he's straight up at the playpen. It's loud. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's like you hear them little badass kids. He's going crazy. <laughs> I get a headache just looking at him. Yeah, it. for real. And he looks happy. I'm like, okay, Brian. Yeah, he. Know, this is part of it. Yeah. Well, anyway, Lindsay is telling Brian that she has been Melanie's emotional punching bag. Melanie pounds away at her all day, and she has to just stand there and take it. And she feels like she has no choice because Melanie has to stay in bed, and the stress is not good for her or the baby. But she doesn't know how much longer she can take it. And serve in silence. And Brian's like, okay, well, don't. Right. Well, Lindsay recognizes that it's her fault and that she's the one to blame. Um, And Brian says, okay, and so because of that, you're just going to let her beat you up about it because it's your fault. And Lindsay says, well, old-fashioned as it may seem, I still believe in loyalty, not betrayal, self-control, not self-indulgence, even if she failed to live up to her own expectations. Right. And Brian's kind of reluctantly listening to all of this. You prefer she say it to Melanie. Well, Melanie ain't trying to hear none of that. And she thinks that because Lindsay had sex with Sam, she's no longer a lesbian, which Brian can see because, you know, Melanie's a stickler for details. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, Lindsay doesn't appreciate his humor. But uh, Brian tells, look, if it's over, then get out. But it's not that simple because there's Gus and the baby on the way. And then I think what's unsaid is whatever feelings still linger between them, between mm-hmm. Melanie and Lindsay. And Brian tells her that staying together for the children is a poor excuse. And he knows that firsthand. Like, he's yeah, exhibit A. exactly. Yeah. Uh, Gus comes running over, and Brian gives him some fatherly advice. Whether he turns out to be gay or straight, like, don't ever get married. That part. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, I like this scene because Brian keeps it 100 with his friend. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that she trusts him enough because the second time we've seen her, seen her come to him, Invent about the situation, but I mean, he doesn't sugarcoat anything because you yeah. have a lot of friends. Oh, girl, you don't, you shouldn't even be mad. Uh-uh. But no, he shoots it real. Like, hey, you did what you did, but if she can't move past it, I mean, there's nothing you can do. Right, you're trying everything. 
leave. Mm-hmm. And, and then don't stay for the sake of the kids because all you're going to do is make things worse. I mean, right. your kids going to see y'all fighting all imagine the time. Imagine if yeah. what the argument y'all had today, imagine if you were doing that every single yes. day. And the kids getting older and right. starting to understand what's going right. on, you know? So that's it's never a good look, no. you know? Mm-hmm. And like he said, he experienced that firsthand. Mm-hmm. Jack told him off the rip that he didn't even want him, you yeah. know? Like, you weren't even supposed to be here. And we know they only stayed together because of the kids, you know? So, but then I mean, they made everybody's life miserable. Made everybody's <laughs> yeah. life miserable. Mm-hmm. So it's not a good look. I love that he, he shot it to her ass right. Even if she didn't want to hear it, he gave her exactly what a friend should do. He gave her some real honesty. Yeah. Their situation is, and I know we'll have to deal with it some more toward the end of the episode, but it's so hard for me because I can really put myself in both shoes. You know, I can see both sides of it. Like if I'm Lindsay, then I'm thinking, are we going to move past this or not? But if I'm Melanie, I'm like, I still need some time and I have the right to be hurt because what you did was hurtful. But Melanie doesn't have the right to hurt her because she don't you know, or Lindsay to hurt. just keep dragging along. Yeah. Like if you don't want me anymore, Mel, and that's fine. Like, I mean, I'm going to hurt I will, I'm going to be sad. I'm right. going to miss you. Mm-hmm. But it's not fair to me to keep me dragging me along. You know, like, we're still sleeping in the same roof, under the same roof together. Sometimes you're nice to me. I don't know. So you give me mixed signals. Right. I, I think that we're moving A decision has to be made yeah. is what it is. You can't, it's hard because you want to say, well, you have a week to make this decision. But well, it might take, yeah, yeah, and it might take her longer to work through her own feelings about that. But she's that. had three. Um, <laughs> at least yeah. three. <laughs> at yeah. least three. Yeah. And actually, that happened before, before she even found out that so she had at least five. Yeah. Okay? Five so, weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So you would think she's had enough time to process. But I can't really say because I'm not in that situation. But yeah. Okay. So I couldn't decide if I wanted to talk about this, but I do. So there is a line, there are a couple lines that got cut from this scene, and I really, really, really wish that they would have left mm-hmm. some of them in. And so I'll try to remember to post this up on Patreon, a picture from the script. But as Brian and Lindsay are talking, and she's telling him all this stuff, Brian at some point cuts in, and he's like, okay, do you, well, he asks her if she's sorry, and then there's a whole conversation there, but then he asks her, do you still love her? And Melanie says yes, and then Lindsay. he's, oh, sorry, yes, and Lindsay says yes. And then Brian says, okay, well, then isn't that all that that matters? And I wish that they would have left that in because at first I'm like, why is Lindsay going to Brian to talk about this? Like she just, she knows he's going to say what, what, you know, be on her side about it. But then I remember Brian has been in this position, but he was the Melanie in Mm -hmm. in this position. And so if they would have left that line in there, you could have seen this parallel between Justin, Ethan and him. Yeah. And then Melanie, Melanie. Sam and Lindsay, Mm -hmm. but it being like, the reason that Brian was able to move past it is because he still loved yeah. Justin. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason where now you don't you don't even get a hint of what happened right. with like Ethan who Yeah, <laughs> I know. You know mm-hmm. like that like that's not even on their radar anymore. They don't hold that against each other or anything. They never brought it back. Right. Up. And it's and if we if we still had that line, is we could see that it's because they decided in the, the day, okay, we still love each other right. and then it's worth mm-hmm. moving forward. But I get why they took it out, but it would have been nice. Yeah, it would have. And it yeah, it would have given her something to think about, too. Mm-hmm. She would have had to think about. And then, you know, they always take what Brian say and say it as if they said it. Yeah. So she would come and say, isn't love enough? Mm-hmm. I can hear Lindsay looking right at Mel. Isn't love enough? <laughs> but Melanie would have had something ready. Yeah. Some <laughs> verbal dagger ready to stab her right in the you heart. You tell me, did you love that dick? <laughs> okay. 
Yeah. Yeah, be bringing out that dusty wand. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I don't know. But. Yes, and so I get why why it came out, but um, and because, well, the direction that things ultimately go in, and sometimes love just really isn't enough. Not for every relationship, and not for every situation, love isn't enough glue to keep people together. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, but anyway, at the end of what we do get in this scene. I was thinking about, I love how Brian and Lindsay are like competing with each other on who can have the deepest V. Oh, those yeah. Buttons undone on their brown yeah. shirt. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Just a little, little something very important that I noticed there. Anyway. Funny. I didn't even notice that. I'm about to go back and watch it and <laughs> yeah. look again. They both have some very deep V's going on. Because uh, Lindsay always doing some deep V, though. Yeah. She is. She's always trying to serve something. <laughs> Well, Debbie is home frantically packing for their the trip, but not to St. Pete's where she was supposed to go with Carl, but for the Liberty Ride. And Carl is so precious there. He's like trying to propose, <laughs> like digging in his pocket with the ring and stuff. But Debbie's too busy. And she's sorry for changing their getaway plans, but she wants to volunteer for the Liberty Ride, which makes total sense for Debbie. Yep. And she says maybe they can go to St. Pete's for their honeymoon, which about floors Carl because he's like, what? <laughs> yeah, like, my you know, Yeah. <laughs> and I would not be surprised. I wouldn't either. <laughs> uh, well, she stops remembering that he wanted to talk to her about something, but then she remembers something else, and the doorbell is ringing, and so there's a lot going on, and Carl recognizes, okay, this is not. It's not going to be the time. This ain't okay. the time. Yeah. Well, the doorbell is still ringing, and Emmett goes down to grab it, and it's Ted. And you were thinking it was going to be Drew, weren't you? Girl, how did you know? (laughs) I was literally thinking that right now. Like, I was like, for real. Because I know you. Yeah, did my eyes say it? Because when I say I was just, you swear right now. Like, I was literally thinking, well, I thought that was Drew coming to the door. And then you just said it. Like, I thought, I was like, oh, my God, this man just keeps coming back to me. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I I need to move on. Don't bring his name up no more. Please. I need to go. I was really liking him too much. Yeah. Well, it's Ted. And he came to return the $5,000 that he borrowed, sure, from Gus's college (laughs) fund. But he did keep his word that he would pay it back. And Emmett commends him on his progress and how far he's come including the work he's been doing to support and prep for the Liberty Ride. Only Ted has now decided not to go. He has some pretty see-through excuses at first, but the truth is he will be away from his meetings and his support system and his new routines, and he's just not really sure that he will be fine were he to go out and be triggered while he's on his own. Which you have to respect that, mm-hmm. though, because, I mean, if Ted isn't ready, you can't force him into a scene that he knows for a fact is going to have drugs in it. He didn't right. tell anybody else that he heard about that, but he knows that it's going to be drugs there now. Mm-hmm. You can't put him, you, he's just not ready yet. Mm-hmm. You just cannot put him in that type of environment and expect him to be healthy and, and ready and the best head that he can be. You know? Yeah, well, he says he can't take a chance on becoming that person again, yeah. and I totally respect that. I mean, it's why, like, Ted's addiction had nothing to do with alcohol, but he doesn't drink anymore mm-hmm. either. And I think he needs to be completely sober, like mm-hmm. in all things. And so there are some people who maybe they used to do drugs, but now they still drink. Maybe maybe they get drunk, maybe they don't, but they can have alcohol. But some people are like, no, I cannot have any yeah. mind-altering anything. Nothing, because it's a trigger. Yeah, I'm and so you. that's where Ted is. I totally get why he is being extra and overly cautious about all of it. Absolutely. I think it's healthy to know your your boundaries and your limitations and... 
And it just might be a little too early to be testing those waters. I think it's too boundaries. early. Yeah, I think yeah. it's too early. Unless he has like an excellent support system, like somebody he yeah. knows he can trust that's going to watch out for him, keep a close eye on him, just mm-hmm. make him feel welcome because yeah. he's just now getting acclimated back fully into the group, you know? Right. So, and they've was, all got their own, like, of course, they would all look out for him, yeah. but they've got other all priorities the things, yeah. while they're there, like Ben, Michael, and Hunter. That's going to be a, a that's unit. A one unit. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he knows. At this point, that Brian's planning on going. I, I don't think anybody but Justin. No, they thought Brian wasn't going to do it, remember? Right. And then Justin knows that he's been. That's right. So nobody knows but Justin. Mm-hmm. See how he can keep a secret? See? <laughs> and he's the youngest one. <laughs> For real. Okay. And you know, young people ain't supposed to keep shit. Yeah. Okay. And he loves to brag about Brian. Yeah. But yeah, he ain't telling nobody. But so he doesn't know. Like, even if the rest of them were going, there would be nobody to, you know, mm-hmm. just keep an eye on him. I get it. Well, we see Ben and Hunter lubing up Hunter's new bike in their apartment. Let's don't say lubing up. <laughs> well, that's what they were doing. I mean, literally, in the dialogue, they said. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, Michael comes in, and they exchange some overly domestic banter about some blueberry cobbler or crumble before uh, Hunter he- heads out for a test ride. Well, Ben wants to know how Michael's day was, and he tells him all about it, including... Carl asking for permission to marry Debbie. Well, Ben wants to know if Michael gave it to him because Ben knows his uh, man. Yeah. Did you get did, yeah. did you give it? Yeah. Like, no, what did like, you say? Yeah. His voice went up because he he wanna know. Like, I mean, he he doesn't know. Yeah, because with Michael, it could go either yeah. way. Because I just knew Michael the way Michael was looking at Carl, I knew he was gonna say no. That's why I was like, Michael, don't ruin this. I kid you not, I had a memory in my head that he did say no. I don't know where <laughs> they came from. <laughs> like, but yeah. I'm pretty sure I watched this episode before, but in my mind I was like, like, oh yeah, he's he's gonna say no. Like yeah. I just knew it for a fact. Girl, because his face was telling no. That's what <laughs> yeah. it was giving. It was giving no. Yeah, and he ain't no stranger to being difficult at all. So. Period. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh hell nah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so Ben has to ask him, did he give it? And um, Michael says yes, and I was happy. Yeah. And um, but I feel like he was shooting a shot too at, at being <laughs> low key. Like I don't know if being picked up on it or not. Yeah, because Michael, because according to Michael. In his system of beliefs, when two people love each other, that's what they do. They get married. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you like, felt like that. Yeah, was, I was, that was a shot. Because he was like, did you give it to him? He was like, "Like, duh, when two people love each other, like, that's what they do. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, you love me, but you ain't putting a ring on this finger. Yeah, I didn't take it that way, but I can see why you would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I always, see, I always see negative first. And then I got to then <laughs> I gotta see the good. Yeah. Okay. We see Brian entering the loft and... Um, Justin has been spending his rage money very well. <laughs> He's got everything they need for the Liberty Ride. He's got a tent, sleeping bags, first aid kit, tool kit, rain gear, two sets of warm clothes, and, and a, a dildo. dildo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he thought of everything. But Brian doesn't understand why he needs a tent if he's going to be staying in a mansion Justin doesn't know what he's talking about. Okay, during this scene, go. I got to tell the people, uh, during this scene, we're watching it, and then you say, wait, how did Brian know? And then and I then, said, how uh, you think? Yeah, <laughs> you show you're right. You're right. You're right. Michael, uh, then Brian just come out, well, yeah. Michael told me. We just yeah. talked about secrets. Why Michael always open his mouth? <laughs> he going to get beat up, okay? Yeah. Let me tell even something. Even if it's something that's not even supposed to be a secret, I just don't need you. Yeah. I guess he was now, Mike. I gotta do you know do the whole Michael defense thing. Michael is excited about this project because his comic book that he co quote unquote co created. 
Only if y'all can see my eyes. <laughs> I wish y'all could see his eyes. Go again. ahead. The whole face, the whole demeanor. <laughs> I know. Is, yeah, it's given. It's <laughs> given. Uh uh, girl, you're yeah, trying it. Like you're trying it. But keep reaching. Yeah, so. Okay, he is excited about this project, and so I'm sure he's telling Brian what's going on in life, but don't yeah. speak on nothing about that part, to me. Don't <laughs> speak on it, period. You've done enough. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't even learn from his own mistakes. Him always speaking I ain't even gone him. back to season two when he was telling about seeing Justin with, yeah. with Ethan. I haven't gone that back part, there in a while. You know? or, and I, get, uh, I should get some credit for that. Facts. <laughs> and was it the start of season three when he was trying to tell Brian... What he should and shouldn't be doing and got punched in the face. Yes, yeah, it was so, I mean, 301. Yeah, exactly. The start of three. So, bro, you should know now your mouth always gets you in trouble. Yeah. Relax You it. might want quit speaking on anything to do with, their, with their relationship. You just need to stay in the Vodney and what's his, like, um, Brunham? Brun- Bru- Bruckner. Bruckner. Stay in that that range right there. Yeah, that, that's, that's where you, right you live, there. okay? You, you can get a little bit of Montgomery when Hunter allows you to. That part, okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you should do anything Taylor, you know what I'm saying, or Kenny, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. period. Shit. Or maybe even Honeycut. I don't think you should even do nothing with that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, like, yeah. leave that alone. That's not for you, boo. Yeah. Okay? yeah. Shit. Yeah. Um, the beans that were spilled were that Justin is supposed to be headed to L.A. to meet with Brett Keller and his Hollywood folks. Well, Justin never said he was going, and um, he says that, no, we're going to go on the ride together as as planned. And Brian tells him, well, there's been a slight change of plans. I'm not going. And he says, you're right. I'm not in shape. But Justin has seen him riding, so he doesn't buy that. He knows this is just Brian saying that yeah, to get him, him to, to go, go to L.A. And Brian does this old reverse psychology Love thing it. on him. <laughs> he says... Well, fine, go on the ride without me and sacrifice your future. That's what I call charity. Just like classic Brad yeah, Kinney mm-hmm. stuff. You know. And these two, like, Justin is willing to risk their movie deal so he can support Brian in something that's important to Brian. And then Brian's willing to forfeit all of his training and all that he hoped to accomplish mm-hmm. personally in order to keep Justin from giving up something that's, that's important for Justin. Extremely <laughs> yeah. important. And so love makes them both, like, frustrating and stubborn, but it's such a sweet thing. Because they're trying to do what's right for the other True. person. The issue is they're not really making these decisions together. They're not. And so they independently decide what's best for their partner which without is, getting their partner's input. Which is some, which is cute, though. I wish. I, it's it's yeah. from a good place. Yeah, it's from a good it's place. It's from a very good, loving place. Mm-hmm. But it's just one of those areas where, like, they have come so far in their communication. And so, like, they've got to learn how to make the decisions like this right. as a couple. Well, he already knows if he would have told Brian, like, hey— I'm not yeah. going that Brian would have did what he's doing now, yeah. you know, or something. He would have been like, no, you're going. This is your future. Like how Brian kept pushing him, get back to school, get back to school. Right. Or when he couldn't afford the school. And he wasn't even with Brian. He paid for the tuition. You know, Brian is always going to push Justin to be the best Justin. Also, Brian is going to do this too because although this is special and important to Brian, it's not life changing. This could be something else that I feel like that could put Brian where he needs to be back on track. He can continue to training. He can do a marathon within a city. He can do whatever he needs to right. do to feel special. But getting a movie deal in California is a once in a lifetime to some, you know. Right. Justin is 20 years old. His first go at a comic book and his drawings, I mean, is blowing the hell up. Right. This so, is an opportunity for him to do what he's always wanted to do, to yeah. make money off of it, to live off his art. Yes, to live off his art, off mm-hmm. his art and for the whole world to appreciate your yeah, art too, to you to know. See it, yeah. And to tell your story because Rage is telling his story mm-hmm. and is doing something for the gay community. It's letting you know 
yes, we're here. These stories actually happen. I know you want to see us being cheerleaders and sidekicks, but we live a real life and this is what happens. And that story needs to be told. So I'm glad Brian was pushing him. I'm glad Brian did this reverse psychology. Um, They both know each other. Even if Brian came to him and said, you know, if Brian told him, go, Justin was going to say, no, I'm going with it. They had to make this decision (laughs) separately. And I feel, and and unfortunately, sometimes they do have to push each other into decisions. And Brian Mm -hmm. is notorious for doing it, for pushing Justin. He's the OG. Yeah, into like, nah, he doing this. Yeah, (laughs) Brian's the goat. I don't care what just happened. I'm going to go win this bet. So you have to go back to school. Yeah. Like, even though like Vic just died and all this other stuff, I got a bet to win because I got to get Justin back in school. Yeah. And so, yeah, he is always doing this stuff that looks like he's being so controlling, but he's really doing it from a place of love because he wants him to be the best homosexual he can be. That part. And this one, people say that he's a narcissist. He can't. I mean, like, yeah. I mean he could be, but he's not. Because That's it's never about front. It's yeah. never about mm-hmm. him. That's just, that's his defense mechanism. That's his don't worry about me. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm worried about it right now. Exactly. Yeah, facts. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I, I'm, that's a little Brian defense, you know. Like. Yeah, we always got to do it. Mm-hmm. Got to throw it in there. Yeah. Well, we see Michael, and he is with uh, Melanie and Lindsay, and he is leaving every cell phone number that he knows <laughs> for them. Now, surely they already have all these cell phone numbers. I know. And so I was just thinking maybe. maybe hunters, but I was well, like, and I was okay. like, well, maybe back then, because like roaming charges and all of that, Facts, maybe yeah. they had to get different numbers because they were going to Canada. Canada. So maybe, but I'm like, surely they've got all these phone numbers. Yeah, Y'all better call me after seven. Yeah, <laughs> wait. Back then it was after nine. Nine o'clock. Yeah, yeah. I was like yeah. friends and family. Yeah, maybe friends and family at seven. seven yeah, and then yeah, anywhere, anytime, minutes after nine. Yeah, yeah, wait till you because those Roman charges. Yeah. yeah. Well, they assure him that everything is fine, and he's getting ready to leave. And he's like, you know, our baby is so lucky. To be coming into a warm and loving home. Like, look. Everybody getting around. <laughs> yeah. Everybody getting around. That's how you know these girls, y- y'all y'all poker faces off the chain. Yeah. No one around you can tell that y'all have issues going on at, at all. Mm-hmm. Period. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. And they might be intent. Well, it's probably easier because Melanie's been on bed rest, so she's not around anyone. And then Lindsay is probably avoiding everybody. Yeah, avoiding. Because Mm -hmm. it really, unless they're at the diner, which she's not going to probably just like be going there on her own or whatever. Except for Melanie. She went there all the time on her own. Yeah, but that's true. She did. But she can't go right now. So Mm -hmm. they're probably intentionally not putting themselves around the rest of the gang that often. Aside from Lindsay and Brian. Right. And no one's even thinking anything otherwise because she has to be there for um, for Melanie. So no one's thinking anything other. Mm hmm. Yeah. So they're able to. Yeah. Keep all this secret. But still, though, my face tells it all. If I'm beefing with Brad and he says something <laughs> nice, I'm, whatever. Girl, you want something to drink? Uh-huh. Come in the kitchen right quick. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh, he ain't got to come. Come to the kitchen yeah. right quick. Let me tell you something. Yeah. <laughs> like, Can you hear? Yeah, yeah, for real. Girl, don't be indulging in that. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. You yeah, know? these but, are true stories. But they're good. I know for real. But they're good though. Like, um, but soon as Michael um leave, I mean, ooh, you can just feel the temperature drop. Yeah, yeah. Well, because they like sit away from each other, and they like could not be colder in that house. They could not be further apart from each other. Right. And Lindsay looks so beautiful. That was a beautiful skirt and top she had on. Yeah. She looked really, really cute. She's wearing a lot of black in this episode. Mm-hmm. It made me think of mourning. Her, I, I think know? they are, though. Mm-hmm. They're mourning. Mm-hmm. Like, they really are, both of them. Because they're both in dark colors the mm-hmm. entire episode. So it's like, mm. Yeah. 
Over at the diner, Emmett and Debbie are packing lunches for the riders. And uh, Emmett says she can take one out because Ted isn't going. And Debbie thinks that victory would have been good for him and for his self-esteem. And I agree with that. But Emmett says he's too afraid to leave his meeting and his support system. Like, now he's got a new addiction. Right, yeah. (laughs) But a healthy one this time. But he's afraid that he'll slip without them. And Debbie says it's too bad that he can't take his support system with him. Carl comes in, and Debbie is so happy to see him. Like, she gets so giddy when he <laughs> when he comes around. And she's like, oh, maybe you can lend a hand since you're here. Well, Emmett gives him a very extensive training course. Like, you take an apple or an orange, you put it in a box. Got it? Yeah, there it <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah, well, Carl is trying again to talk to her, but she says she's too busy. So she's like, no, we're going to do it later. We can talk when I get back. Poor Carl. I know. Yeah, I can't get two minutes with her. But this made me so nervous. Um, because he keeps trying to tell her, and then you know how these writers do over here. They will kill you quick. Yeah, uh-huh. So I was like, I just keep going back to George. You know, like I know. I, I'm sorry. You asked I can't me like ten this. times when we watch. Are they getting ready to kill them off? I like, I'm not gonna tell you. I know. Like <laughs> I, I could just feel it. Like so, I was like, damn, y'all, let Carl propose before he died. Like they gonna they killing him. They gonna let him go. <laughs> no, like, but um, he he didn't get to ask again. So I'm still on edge. Well, we see Teddy at home, and Emmett comes in, and uh, he's helping him try to lure his cat out of the closet. (laughs) Emmett says that she'll come out in her own time, just like the rest of us. (laughs) Uh, Emmett has some shopping that he wants Ted to see. It's spandex in every color of the rainbow. It's for him because he has decided to go on the Liberty Ride. And I was kind of wondering why Emmett wasn't going. And Ted here gives us all his reasons. Like He was too busy with work. He didn't have money for the registration fee. He was afraid of being eaten by a bear, the grizzly kind, not the human kind. He's, that part. he's not afraid of those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Everybody liked them a good bear. <laughs> but Emmett is willing to confront all of his darkest fears for a worthy cause, like helping a friend and being his support system. Emmett believes in Teddy, despite everything he wants him to succeed. I like that he's going to do this for him. Uh, yeah, I- I'm glad they're actually coming back because I didn't think... I didn't think not in this season. I thought, I mean, I knew that friendship was going to come back or at least get somewhere on a steady place, but I didn't think it was going to come back in season four. And I'm glad it has. I I think Blake stepping back, you know, giving the letter, reassuring Emmett, like, hey, he really is sorry. He's going through some things. Like, I mean, he doesn't even know how to get reacclimated properly. Right. You know, I I think Blake setting that that, that boundary or Mm -hmm. that laying that out for Emmett, Mm -hmm. he kind of opened his eyes and let him see. So then Emmett had more compassion for him and they were able to work things out and get back here. Um, but it doesn't surprise me because this this sounds like Emmett. You know, yeah, Emmett does. is the sweetheart. He is the one who always you can always count on him to pick you up. He's always gonna be the, he's that ride or die friend for all of them. He rides for every single one of them. So it doesn't surprise me. So I'm glad to see him having some type of purpose and um and giving all his attention to Ted, making sure that he's gonna be okay. And also we're not gonna let you give up. Like you've come too far to give up now and you're not going to give up because I'm going to go with you and I mean that was just a really sweet sweet moment yeah. I really feel like I'm an Emmett I, I want to change you asked me some questions last week uh, would I change you know from yeah. the pre- previous seasons and season one you asked me who would I be and I said I'm more of a Michael I want, I'm want. i Emmett like, yeah. and I'm going to own you're that you're not a Michael at all no. but I had to tell people because a couple of people have emailed me about some of this stuff and I had to tell them I was like no it's because you had only seen like three uh, episodes yeah it was it Max. and so mm-hmm. what you thought Michael was then you were like, okay, yeah, I'm that, but now, no, you're totally, and you're it totally. Was the, it. it was the relationship with his mom, and mm-hmm. and then I always saw me as a tag along, never as a leader. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to say Michael's not a leader, but he he does a lot of tag along stuff. And um, I was just insecure when I first started sneaking and watching some stuff, and it was the first time seeing a gay show. 
And at that point, yes, I did see me more like uh, like a Michael. But now that I'm grown, yeah, and wow, and my flame is burning <laughs> bright. Okay, I am definitely an Emmett because yeah. I'm a good friend. I'm caring. I'm honest. But I will also read you down for filth. You um, will. Yes, yeah, so, and I, I'm very passionate and protective over my friends. So that is all very true. I love the platonic relationships in this show as much as the romantic Absolutely. ones. Absolutely. And this one is so beautiful because. There was a very deep and very real hurt there between Ted and Emmett, and they found a way to work around it or right. work past it or, or work through it. I, I'm going to say they worked through they it. They did. They because they had to confront it. it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't easy and it wasn't overnight, but they love each other and they believe in each other, and that's what matters. Mm-hmm. And so I love that we get to see not just the relationships go through these real-life struggles, but we get to see it in friendships, too, because I've had friends who have hurt me in very real, deep ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and some of those I've been able to repair and some I haven't. But anyway, it's just real life to be able to see right. that in a platonic way as well. Mm, absolutely. And sometimes friendships, the hurt by friends is worse than any yeah. type of relationship hurt. Yeah. Because like I've given like I haven't I don't have a sexual connection with you. It's all emotional. It's all trust. It's all love, you know? And I have no reason to pretend to be anything to impress you exactly. when you're my friend. So you're getting the real you're me all the time. The authentic version of me every single time, you know? Mm-hmm. And um when they hurt you, I mean, those those wounds cut deep, yeah. you know. So to see them, like you said, come up together and work through this and then Emmett standing by his side, I mean, it really was a beautiful moment. Yeah. We see Philip and Tannis and they are leading the Liberty Ride uh, send up. I know. <laughs> Philip and Tannis. They look a mess always. So, they <laughs> do. They are so annoying. Yeah. But I'm so glad that we have them and that they are like constant throughout yes. the seasons. Yes. But they are so annoying. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, maybe I just like Brian when it comes to Philip and Tannis. I'm yeah. Just like, mm, <laughs> next. Yeah. They are the real life gayest blazes yeah, for on real. this show. <laughs> for real. I, I miss gayest blazes. That was, I tell you, that was one of my favorite yes. um, story arcs. It is that. still one of my favorite yes. story arcs. Yeah. Uh, well, the plan is that they are going to bus to Toronto and then bike back to Pittsburgh. And I kind of want to do something like that, but. The way my lung capacity is set Girl, up these days, like <laughs> I, I could never. For one, unless it's all downhill. Yeah, all downhill. I could never. For one, the weather is too bipolar. Mm-hmm. I mean, it needs to be. Just, it has to be a perfect spring day for me. Spring days yeah. for me to do that. If it's too cold, I'm not riding that bike. If it's too hot, I'm definitely not riding that bike. Yeah. You know, like. No, like you know. A couple years ago, I signed up to do the MS150, and so it's, it's over 150 miles, but that's what they call it. Girl. Um, and I signed up to do it, and I was training, but I forget what something happened with my my group, and so we ended up having to pull out. But I was really thinking I was something because <laughs> I was I was convinced I was going to be able to ride the whole time. But <laughs> absolutely not. I did one type of um charity run. I don't remember what it was for because a friend had asked me to do it. Oh no no and, no! I don't do no running, no, girl. It was a run. Okay. <laughs> no. And at first I was like, oh, yeah, I want to do it. So it was like four of us, four of my, um, three of my coworkers plus me. And then all of us are like, girl, you know I'm late for everything. Yes, So all of us were late. So by the time we made it to, we had to go 30 miles uh, and like on the west side. We weren't even in this city. We had to go to the, the big one next to us. You know what I'm saying? So we get there and registration's closed. So low-key, I'm happy. Like, okay, yeah. y'all, maybe <laughs> we can go day drink. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, let's go. I will definitely trade in a yes. day run for some day drink. Yeah, so I was like, let's go day drink. And then, but my friends were so determined. They Somebody was like, oh, no, if you go to the very back of the room, you can get signed up right now. But hurry up. So we go back there. Yeah, we pay the money. We get signed up. I'm like mad now. Mm-hmm. I'm mad. And girl, it's only a 3K. I mean, a 5K. So it's not even <laughs> far. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's far. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. 
So I take off. For one, I don't even know what the hell a 5K <laughs> is. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know. So you out there sprinting. Yeah, girl sprinting. Whistle go off, you sprinting. I asked my homeboy who I thought he knew. I said, bro, how long is this race? He said, oh, bro, it's not, not, we're going to go around the corner, bro. We'll be back. I said, okay, cool. So I come out. I'm in front. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I'm hitting that mug. I'm going, girl. <laughs> Nothing I know. Like, we hit the corner, all right, but then we have to go uphill. And I remember they had people lined up on the sides of the street handing out water. Like, you just take a cup and go, take a cup right. and go. Girl, I stopped at everybody. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was running up. That's so what now I'm, you waterlogged? Holding my side. I'm walking. They're like, don't walk, man. <laughs> I damn near cut. If I would have known where the car was, I would have just <laughs> cut through them, them yards and went right to the car. I was last. Okay. <laughs> I ran three miles like in an hour. Like, I mean, that's ridiculous. People, I ran it in nine minutes. A nine-minute mile. Okay, good for you. Yeah. It started raining and I was tired. I'm not. I'm, no. I ain't did nothing athletic like that since. Yeah, if you want to drive, if, <laughs> yeah. if we can drive this thing, I got it. Yeah. I will drive all over for charity. Yeah. Big up for the Liberty Rides. Yes. <laughs> I know I could never. And I'm not even that out of shape. I'm just like, dang. And I just, the endurance part <laughs> yeah, is what I don't ridiculous. have. Yeah. I can do short short distance, but they they riding 300 something miles yeah. on these bikes. That's crazy. Yeah, very crazy. <laughs> well, Ben, Michael, and Hunter load up their bikes and they head toward the bus. Uh, Brian walks over, and we see he goes over to see Papa Bear, Mama Bear, and Baby Bear off. And he came to remind them to wear their helmets and use all appropriate hand gestures. Now, the one he shares with Hunter, I didn't see that in my bike rider's training <laughs> manual. Well, Melanie also shows up, and she's supposed to be in bed mm. living the life of Brian, she calls it. Um, Brian looks a little annoyed with her, probably because he knows that she's been giving Lindsay a hard time and she's being stubborn because she's not supposed to be yeah. out of the bed. I mean, she's making Lindsay go upstairs to grab her a cardigan when but she is in a bed full of blankets. That part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, facts. Yeah, but, I'm, a, I'm a little chilly. But you can come down to the strip to say bye. Like Makes mm, no sense. Okay. Yeah. But she just came down to send them off and it probably wasn't worth the risk, but she did put a lot of work into... Planning and organizing whole, mm-hmm. this, so I could see her wanting to get to, to see it out. in some uh-huh. part in some part of it, and thinking, okay, it's just ten minutes down the road. True, and also she probably has to feel a little bit like Brian. Everybody's babying her, telling her what she can and right. cannot do. And we do. know Melanie and, is just as tough in yes. that way as Brian mm-hmm. is, and stubborn in that way too. Yeah. So, so I mean, they. That's why I kind of love seeing them together. Although that's why they don't get along because they're very yeah. similar in a uh-huh. lot of ways. Uh-huh. You know. Um, but, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine someone telling me I can't go. You can only go to the restroom. That's it. I, no, I, I just can't. I, I don't know. I know I couldn't yeah. do it. Actually, I probably would enjoy that. You would enjoy it for a couple of days. Yeah. And then you'd be like, uh-uh. <laughs> I got to get up. Yeah. Do you think Melanie knows that Brian knows? I mean, she knows how close um, Lindsay and Brian are. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure, like, she probably has some idea that he knows, but yeah. she also knows that he's not the type to go run around, run right. his mouth. And he's not going to address it with her yeah, either. Yeah, he would never. Yeah. He, yeah. He's not disrespectful like that. And Brian, we don't, come on now. Even if Brian knew, we know he's going to stay in his lane. Right. So it really didn't matter. He generally doesn't insert himself, unless he feels like you're hurting yourself or mm-hmm. you're hurting someone else that he cares about. He mm-hmm. generally doesn't insert himself in someone else's business. But yeah, I agree. I think that she she knows how close Brian and Lindsay are. Right. And so she's probably thinking... Lindsay probably told him. Yeah, he happened. probably knows. Yeah. Well, Emmett is walking by looking for Ted, and it looks like he's a no-show. Now Emmett has signed up to do these 350 miles for no reason. That's <laughs> what it looks like. Yeah, which is sad. Yeah. Carl comes over to find Debbie right before she walks onto the bus, and she gives him a quick kiss saying, okay, we can talk when I get back. I got to go. They're about to pull off. 
Well, Carl was like, uh-uh, you ain't leaving. Yeah, no, <laughs> so I'm doing this. He's banging on the doors because he has been trying to talk to her for the past two days. And he has been trying to ask her to marry him. And, um, well, the bus doors fly open for that. <laughs> <laughs> Debbie climbs back down. And as Michael is calling out, tell him yes and get back on. Did you think that she was going to say yes or no? Oh, I knew she that smile and those gleam in the eyes said everything. I was just like, Michael, shut up. <laughs> yeah. You're ruining the moment. Yeah. Like, what is the rush? Yeah. Like, the race ain't today. <laughs> like, what I is know, the what's rush? five minutes going to yeah. do? Are we fine? Uh, Debbie does say yes. And Carl puts a ring on it. Girl, Carl. Yeah, I told you I boxed with Carl. Okay, Carl is everything. He got her a Cartier ring. Did y'all see that box? Go back and look if y'all didn't see. Because I know, I I know. Yeah, that was some Cartier. Okay, that was some Cartier. I don't know jewelry. I'm girl. I'm, you can give me some out the like little gumball machine. Absolutely I don't not. Know jewelry. Well, I, I know certain boxes. I know that little turquoise blue one. Yeah, and I know that red one. Okay, the Cartier. Okay, I don't even say Cartier anymore. It's Cartier. Okay. Oh, oh you that so, fancy. Okay. Mm, girl, I said, Carl, come on. And she say no, swing it on over to me because I'll ring them right. Okay. <laughs> I want it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, they look so happy. And I like seeing this version of Carl when he's with her. Like, you think back to when we first met him when he was just kind of burnt oh, out on his job, overworked, yeah. grumpy, grouchy. Grumpy. And now he looks so full of life and so happy. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that He's they... He's living. Yeah, I'm so glad he, they found each yeah, other. Yeah, because he was just going through the motions. He was drowning himself in work. He wasn't happy at all. I mean, he didn't have any compassion, really, for anyone uh, that was different from him, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so he wasn't really living. And um, she, brought, she brought some type of, like, freshness to him. And he's actually living his best life. And now look yeah. at him, engaged, got him a beautiful young Deborah. Yes. <laughs> well, as the bus is pulling away, Ted rolls up in a cab, and he had to just about risk it all, jumping in front of that bus to get it to stop. <laughs> but he comes on, and Emmett is sitting there looking all smug. After We know Emmett was worried, but he's trying to act in front of Ted like he was never worried. Girl, yeah, because at first he was looking sad, but when he got up there, like you can see he was like, perked up, yeah. lips got perked. Yeah, he yeah. knew he'd make it, yeah. The eyes, like, mm-hmm, I knew he was coming. Yeah. I didn't even doubt him at all. I knew he was coming. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We see Melanie sliding into her house, and Lindsay goes off. Like, oh, Lindsay goes off. Where hard. the bleep have you been? Uh, she was frantically searching everywhere for Melanie, and Melanie is kind of like, sorry, not sorry. She's there, like, picking lint off her sweater. And, and she mean, got a little smirk on her face. Yeah, and I'm like, you could have left a note, girl. Yeah, but. for real. <laughs> And I would say text it, but you could have left a note. Yeah, you could have left a note. And now, I know that Lindsay was at first all mad because Melanie wasn't doing anything on her own. And so now she did something on her own, and she's mad about that. But the fact is, like, you could have left a note. Yeah. know where you were going. And it's a difference doing something on your own, like going upstairs and getting a damn blanket. Girl, you left the whole house. Your right. car is gone. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. No. And you're not really talking to me and telling me anything. So I, you could have went and delivered the baby and just not told me. Exactly. Like, I don't know. Lindsay thinks that Melanie did this to spite her, and Melanie latches on to that, thinking, oh, no, you want to be upset. Like, oh, yeah, you're the one who has the right to be mad, to feel betrayed. Like, oh, yeah, go ahead. But she says, guess what? This time it's not about you. It was about me. She said, I left because if I didn't get out of the house and walk away from you for, like, I would lose my mind. She left, and now she's back in one piece. See, she didn't have to say all that, though. Like, I mean, you could have said, I needed to get out of this house. But you're looking for the fight, because if you say something like that to me, 
them be fighting words. If mm-hmm. I didn't get out of here, I was going to go crazy if I didn't get away from you. Baby, I'm not here 24-7. I go to work. So you have yeah, this space. Yeah, I leave here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Matter of fact, we just, I just took the baby down to the park yesterday, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so you get your time. Yeah. Well, Lindsay tells her, like, hey, we cannot go on like this, doing the all-female version of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. It's too <laughs> exhausting. And Lindsay is realizing that Melanie can't forgive her. And Lindsay is starting not to care, which is bad, dangerous. Just how many times can someone reject you before you just give up? And so Melanie's like, okay, well, what are you what are you saying? And Lindsay says, perhaps it's better for both of us and for Gus and the new baby if we aren't together. Maybe we should stop putting each other through needless pain and trying to fix something that can't be fixed. And Melanie says, I think you're right. I'm not sure I believe her. I don't but- believe either one of them, period. That was um, Lindsay's way of getting an answer like, you're going to forgive me or not. She thought she was going to like, you know, give an ultimatum like, hey, if we're going to keep going through this, it's something that's unfixable and, you know, we should just let it go. I don't. And then it seems like Melanie kind of reminds me of me. If Brad ever says something like that to get a response out of me or to force me something, I meet you with the same thing, even if I don't mean it. And it's childish and petty. I know. <laughs> even, even if I don't mean it, but if I'm mad and I'm feeling a certain type of way. I'm going to give you that same response. So she was like, yeah, I agree. I don't, I, her eyes didn't say she agreed. Her yeah. eyes looked like she was hurt. Like, what? what? Like, mm-hmm. shocked. But she still had to keep it together. It looked like she was low-key about to water up and, and cry. Yeah, it um, does. Yeah. Like, I thought I saw yeah, a tear falling exactly. down. Yeah, exactly. Low-key low water up and cry. So I think they've just, they're pushing each other's buttons. Yeah. I don't think, I think next episode, I, I'm praying that next episode, <laughs> they're still probably going at it or whatever case, but they decide that, Hey, we just got married. Y'all ain't been married two years. You know, yeah. feel like you just got married, and um, I don't think that you know. I, yeah. I, I don't want to really see them. You yeah, know, Lindsay part. says that she'll stay until after the baby is born, but then they're gonna go from there. That's a uh, lot of weeks, though, to get yeah. it together. Well, I I kind of don't know that Melanie really wants to separate, but she doesn't want to let go of the hurt and the betrayal. She she doesn't want to forgive Lindsay and. She can't have both of those. And so right now it's like she's choosing. It seems like she's choosing to hold on to the hurt, which I understand. She has been hurt and I can't rush her through her process on that. But, yeah, I can see where in that moment she is realizing, oh, those are the choices now. I have to forgive her or we have to split split. And right now she's too. Melanie to say. Well, I don't I don't see anything wrong with couples uh, if you're going through something like this to take a little separation. Yeah, no, I don't either. Like Mm -hmm. separate, gather your thoughts, make me miss you again. Um, Don't go out there and be foolish, Mm -hmm. you know, um, still respect me. But if you really want me work for it, but just don't work for it under the same roof. And I'm kind of with Lindsay at the same time. Like if I've been trying for weeks and weeks and weeks to get you to forgive me. I don't know what else to do. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know. Like I'm starting not to care if you do forgive me or not. Because I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. I'm exhausted trying to make you forgive me. But I think once uh, Mel drops this baby, you know, when you're pregnant, you got all these added emotions. Once Mel drops the baby, maybe, you know, things are going to change. Yeah. You never know what yeah. she's going to go through. Yeah, You know I me. Mean? I have been wanting them to just like pee or get off the pot. Like, yeah. Get it together. Get it apart. Just get it. You know, whichever Thanks. way. And I really could make myself okay with either outcome. And even now, I feel like, in a way, I feel like Lindsay is rushing her, but I also feel like Melanie, you're you're gonna have to decide to let go of the hurt and start to heal, or or not. Right. And so, and I, but I'm aware that healing takes time, and 
I don't know, but these two are just a mess. And I think that they have some foundation problems that are not just about Sam and the affair. Like, I know that they love each other. They've worked through a lot of stuff together, but I've always felt like there was something just at a fundamental Mm -hmm. level in their relationship that wasn't quite aligned right. Yeah. Because Justin and Brian seem way more, and they have issues, but they seem way more solid and foundation than Lindsay and Mel. They kind of accept each other for who they are. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes they want you, like, I want you to be better than that, or I want you to right. do this, or I want you to do that. But, I don't know, it's just, there's a more fundamental understanding of what they're getting into and what they want out of that relationship and what their expectations are mm-hmm. for each other, for themselves, for their relationship. And I just don't feel the same way with with Melanie and Lindsay. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Now, I do want to praise Michelle and Taya's acting for a minute because they feel like a real-life couple and they are acting the heck out of this storyline they are they're bringing it yeah like we've already talked about people having issues with this storyline we're not going going back there but this is the one of the most human and relatable things that we see a couple go through on this show and like i know couples right now who are in this position Mm -hmm. where it's like are we going to stay together are we not and it's been lingering for a while and it's getting to the point to where it is just toxic and draining and everybody around it is just like, Oh my God, get that away from me. (laughs) But, but, um, yes, it is. Like I said, I know that not everybody likes it, but it is such a real and honest. It is in human storyline that, that hurts so much because it's so real. Mm -hmm. We see Debbie on the bus and she is dripping ice all over everybody, (laughs) you know, flashing her ring to everybody. Michael tells her to sit down, but she says when a man gives you a ring, it's special. Well, Michael says he wouldn't know. Shots fired again. <laughs> but Ben says maybe it's time he found out. And then he proposes. And he has a ring and everything. So he yes. had already had this plan. He had a plan. Yeah. Um, because you know, they're headed to Toronto where gay marriage was legal at the time. And like Michael said, that's what two people do when they love each other, right? True. Um, I'm surprised Ben hadn't already asked him, like... They felt like a married couple, you mm-hmm. know, with them moving in and they hardly ever, like, they're fight. I don't know. They, they seem the most grounded, you know, like it seems the most normal, I would say, um, couple. The most ready for that step. Yeah, ready I for that say. step. Yeah. Because yeah. Mm-hmm. they're, because, you know, don't forget, they just had issues yeah, not they, too long no, ago. They, did. They, they just had issues not too long ago. They did. And so I don't know that I would say that they're the most committed okay. couple, Maybe but they much. seem the most prepared for that next step. Yes, they are. And then just the way their lives are moving now, raising mm-hmm. the, the kid and everything. So I, they I really like, are building a home in a future. Exactly. So, I mean, that that made sense mm-hmm. um, for him to go ahead and propose. And I'm, I'm surprised that he's just not doing it now. I mean, if y'all driving Toronto, clearly it's not far. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you could have yeah. been and went there. Yeah, you know? you're going on a bus. Yeah, <laughs> you're going on a bus. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's not far. But yeah, I, I was happy. I was like, oh, come through, Ben. Mm-hmm. Okay. Come through. Yeah. Well, Michael doesn't know what to say. And For we, once. Yeah. And we don't see what he says. I need to make a note to ask you about that later. Okay. <laughs> we, see, we see Justin at a party in LA. When did he and Brett Keller get on like kissing terms? Because I don't they know. Greet each other Y'all met once. I mean, it's fine because it's clearly platonic. Maybe but... it's the LA thing. You know, they always do that. Yeah, maybe. But you better watch yourself, Brett Keller. For real. I, yeah. I, I don't trust those eyes. Like, although he is the man who's going to be helping Justin make his movie and make a lot of money. Like, I get that. But. You know, they say more money, more problems, girl. <laughs> That's true. Well, Justin will be staying in Brett's guest house for a few days. And the butler, Joseph, comes over looking creepy as I don't know Girl, why. looking like Lurch. <laughs> yes. 
Annie takes Justin's bags. The house is huge. The party is extravagant. I mean, there is, I don't even know how much money worth of cocaine on the table. Girl, that is crazy. Yeah. I thought that was like cake icing. I did too. But then when I saw them rolling up dollars and snipping that big ass, I mean, oh, 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 this is California. Yeah. Okay, this is Hollywood for yeah. sure. Yeah. So it is a very wild um, party there. Brett introduces him to Connor James, an actor who could maybe play Rage. And he was giving Justin the eye. So Justin asks Brett Keller if he is implied gay. And Brett says, of course not. And then we see him kissing some guy. And That's the true Hollywood. It is, like, yeah. What, it's kind of like Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Mm-hmm. In Hollywood, everybody kind of does whatever they do. But it's that unspoken rule. You don't you don't speak on it. Thank God he brought Michael, because everybody named mom would have known. <laughs> okay. <laughs> everybody named mom would have known He'd be everything. Selling everything to TMZ. Yeah, for real. No, girl. he wouldn't even do it. Like he'd do it for free. For like. free. He just would have <laughs> called him up. Oh my God. Like <laughs> yeah. girl. So yeah. They really giving you the true Hollywood feel because you hear about these crazy parties that have these mansion parties and it's drugs everywhere and you know, sex and I mean people and then, that like, you don't a even guy know. Selling- celebrating winning an Oscar and it's just like all of this exciting stuff going on and you think about a 20-ish 21 maybe yeah who's never experienced anything like this yeah this this has got to be exciting and enticing for him I mean actors film directors and all of that stuff people who moving and shaking yeah exactly and so I'd imagine for a young creative like Justin that um yeah extremely exciting some appeal to it Mm because I would have been busting some I would have been popping (laughs) dropping like it was hot on fire (laughs) I mean, all of that. Like, I mean, Brett Keller, who? Okay. <laughs> they would have been inviting me to all the parties. Yeah. The after hours, we leaving, Brett. We going to the after hours. You got to come. Yeah. I, girl, I'm coming. All right. I'm coming. <laughs> well, we see the Liberty Riders making they, their way to Toronto on the bus. And I love how they are traveling when they already filmed this in Toronto. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. Well, our gang, Ted, Emmett, Hunter, Ben, Michael, and Debbie, are on the hunt for Church Street. It's the center of Toronto's gay life. <laughs> and it has Moosey's, similar perhaps to Woody's, and the dance club called Gamora, similar to Babylon. Yes. <laughs> and Church Street reminds them all of Liberty, Liberty Avenue. Yeah, yeah that's so true. funny. And I love how they just kind of play with that. It's a show that's very aware of yeah, itself. I love when shows um, like poke fun, do little jokes yeah. like that. Well, they duck into Moosey's because Debbie needs to warm up. Did you see that Emmett has on some boots with the fur? No, I didn't notice. <laughs> you know, I know. You know, I would have picked up yeah, on it. I did not pick yeah. up on it. You must have blinked during that time, but yeah, he did. You would have. You would have commented on him. I figured mm. you didn't see him. Yeah. Well, they are all commenting on how familiar all of this is. And strangest thing of all, Michael keeps expecting Brian to walk in and you speak of him and you summon him because Brian flew into town to do the ride. And so they're all kind of excited to see him. Like, oh, okay, I guess we're doing that. All right, cool. (laughs) Well, Emmett comes over with a native and he has offered to show Emmett how Canadians keep warm at night. (laughs) But you see this little shift in Ted's demeanor and it reminds Emmett that he is there as designated Uh support for Ted. So... Poor little Jean Claude is going to have to show someone else how to rub two, two sticks, sticks together. <laughs> yeah. uh, very quickly, we see a little glimpse of Emmett greeting Brian with a hug, and I like to see how much Brian has embraced these friendships and mm-hmm. relationships in his life over the seasons. Like if Emmett would have tried that in season one, he probably like, got caught with the hand. Yeah, like, Brian would have pushed him back. away with like fake disgust yes. and real annoyance. But these people are his family, and I appreciate the little glimpses of how. That family has bonded more and more over mm-hmm. over the seasons. 
Well, there's a stag party happening at Moosey's tonight for two guys. They've been together for 32 years, and they are finally getting married. And we see a dancer putting on a show for the whole bar. And it's kind of cute to see love around the room in its many forms. Like, we see these two men who are getting married. We see Ted and Emmett, like, this Mm -hmm. platonic relationship, these friends. And then we see Debbie playing with her ring. And then Michael is taking all this in before he leaves the table. Well, Brian goes after him, and Michael is glad that he joined them, but he's like, I don't know how you're going to make it. Right. <laughs> Brian says, well, he might surprise him, but Michael doesn't know that Brian has been getting his late-night creep on to the <laughs> cyclist studio. <laughs> and uh, well, Michael doesn't want any more surprises, not after Ben proposed. Well, that catches Brian off guard. Uh-huh. And he's like, proposed what? Well, marriage, of course. <laughs> Uh, Brian says, I hope while he was down on his knees, he did something useful. <laughs> but Brian is taken aback by this. So that's him trying to, like, distract Michael mm-hmm. while Brian gets his feet back under him. Because you even see him, like, pull out a cigarette. Like, that's what he does when he needs yeah. a minute to kind of mm-hmm. ground himself. And then Brian says, but you declined, of course, because deep down you still love me best. And so Facts. he means it as a, as a, a joke. As but, a joke but he means it as a truth when regarding... The spot that he's kind of always mm-hmm. had in Michael's life, which we'll talk about in a minute. Well, Michael hasn't given Ben an answer yet, and that's not cool. That's so weird. <laughs> I would be disrespected and hurt if, I mean, I'm asking, I'm telling you, I love you. We spend every single day together, and I ask you to marry me, and you say, I mean, you can't even answer it? Like, what is there to think about? I, I yeah. mean, I never understood when people say, um, I'll let you know. Either you want to marry me or you or, or you don't, you know? like. Yeah. I don't, I'm not saying we have to break up because you didn't want to marry me. You know, so I was like, when Brian said, oh, you declined because you still have love for me, that was some truth in that, you know? <laughs> and, and Michael can try to deny it all you want, but it is. And I think it got Brian a little shook just because, I mean, that was never their dynamic. I mean, right. Michael has always been his ride or die. He could have always counted on Michael. Like, they were going to grow old, die together, like, you know, retire, all this shit together. But now if you're married... Hey, Brian is not going to be the well, third Well, even wheel. they've been moving away from that, but this is just like a, oh, was, we have to face the fact yeah, that we've been moving away from now. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, so let's run down their their conversation. Um, Brian says, well, what's stopping you? Because he hadn't answered him yet. He says, besides the fact that it's the most pathetic idea I've ever heard. <laughs> and Michael says, it just so happens that a lot of gay men want to get married. And Brian's like, darling, have you seen him? <laughs> that part. But he says, since when? Did you ever have the least interest in getting married? And Michael tells them, I didn't because I didn't, but not because I didn't want to, but because I didn't think I could. Like, it wasn't a story I told myself. Like, he never, growing up, he never thought this was even a possibility. I felt that heavy. Like, I'm not telling myself about falling in love with someone and having a big wedding because that wasn't even a possibility. So, but then the world started changing. And so now something that, wasn't a possibility and wasn't even wasn't real now it does exist Mm -hmm. and brian says and so now that the whole wide world of wonderful possibilities is opened you're all about vows and rice and registering at pottery bar and all this (laughs) junk and then he says not to mention an acrimonious divorce an ugly settlement having your kid hate you like brian thinks all marriage is headed in that direction and then he hits him with the kenny classic listen to me are you listening he says, we're queer, we don't need marriage, we don't need the sanction of politicians and pederast priests, we do what we want, when we want. I rephrase that a little bit. That's our God-given right. And Michael says, it's also our God-given right to have everything straight people have because we're as much human as as they are. And Brian is listening to all of this, and 
you can see that he's realizing that Michael doesn't stand with him on this. Like he's mm-hmm. he never really considered that before. Like he thought he taught Michael that lesson right. very Years well. Ago. <laughs> yeah, it's like we've always been in alignment on this, but oh no, Mike, Michael and I don't share the same opinion on this. And so mm-hmm. I think he's realizing just more and more of like how that relationship how has evolved. Grown. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Brian takes it all in and then he relents. He says, you're a writer, rewrite the story. And I think that's Brian accepting what his friend wants. It is. That was Brian, him. That was Brian giving the blessing in, in his way. Mm-hmm. He still, he told him his piece, like that's not for me, Yeah, but you're a writer, rewrite, I, yeah. rewrite your own story. Yeah. If that's what you want to do, go for it. And yeah. that was him. And I feel like, Brian walking over to Michael was that was I'm giving you I'm giving you away moment like how Carl came and asked for the hand in marriage they're not asking each other but I feel like that conversation between the two of them needed to happen they're best friends Mm -hmm. and like you said they've always had this understanding they were on the same page when it came to marriage and then it was an opener for Brian but at the same time Brian was like I'm not gonna hold you back I'm not gonna feed you anything that that's not what you that you don't want you know so if that's what you need rewrite your story and I'm giving you I'm giving you the blessing that's the way I took it because, yeah, Brian doesn't want marriage, and he doesn't understand why anyone would, but he clearly thinks that all marriages are miserable, and he has a very narrow definition and view of what a marriage looks like. Um, but he understands commitment and love, but it's the marriage part where he checks mm-hmm. out. But, um, but yeah, I think he does say, okay, this is what is going to make, this is what Michael wants, this is what's going to make him happy. And so, you know, he gets out of Michael's right. way, which, good on him. I'm glad that he... Mm-hmm. That he does get out of his way because there might have been a time where he wouldn't. If this oh, was season yeah. one, like probably oh, not. Oh no, he would have been. Well, definitely not for Dr. David Cameron. Now I think part. he realized that Ben is a better partner for Michael. But yeah, and if it was season two when he was going through his stuff, absolutely not because Ben almost didn't survive. Yeah, uh, the, the revamp of Brian and Michael. <laughs> the so, Brian Mikey show. Yeah, yeah. Like, so yeah. Well, Michael walks back over to Ben and he wraps his arm around him and says, "I do." He has to repeat it a few times before Ben catches on. And now they are engaged, and I'm happy for them. Yes, me yeah. too. I think Ben is a really good guy. He has his ups and downs. Um, like they all, do. yeah, they all do. But I mean, he really is a good catch, and mm-hmm. he's a caring guy. And he fought against Debbie. Like, I mean, he stood the test of time when Debbie was treating him terribly. Yes. So, um, yeah, I think he's he's good for Michael. Yeah. You know, I really like to see Michael being. I was going to ask you, why do you think Michael hesitated in giving Ben an answer? I mean, a lot of times you just like he said. I think he answered it when he said it was something that just he didn't think mm-hmm. it was for him. Although. I, you know, clearly I've been alive since it's been um able to be able to be married. Yeah. It was a time like, and I know Brad wanted to ask me, I, I wasn't ready. I just, I wasn't, I wasn't like, I didn't, my whole life, I never thought about it. I never, like, he, I thought every word he said, because I never saw a life mm-hmm. for me in that way. I think I spoke about last week about how I didn't even, um never thought about two guys having kids, right. you know, it was just something I didn't think about. So I think it scared him. He was confronted with something that he didn't think he would ever be confronted with. So it, it scared him. It, it knocked him back. Also, I think he needed that reassurance from Brian or or to talk it over somebody he could trust. Or he knew Brian was going to give him the opposite of what he was feeling. So it was, just, it was enough. Like, okay, that's where he is. I need to go this way for me. I just think he was scared. He hesitated because he was nervous. He was unsure. He'd never been down that avenue before. He never thought it was feasible for him. And he probably thought that it would be Brian who would always get approached to be married, and he would probably be single his whole life, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so he was just scared. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think that 
I think that Michael has always been a traditional romantic. Mm-hmm. Now, that had limits on it because of what was and wasn't possible because of the time that he grew up. Like and you, you put, oh, I'm sorry, I mean, you okay. put yourself in your own little box, you mm-hmm. know. It was up to Michael to crawl out of it, mm-hmm. you know. He put those parameters around himself. Yeah. And so I, I think he wanted something that was close to marriage, even mm-hmm. if he didn't think marriage was a possibility. I do think that he always wanted something that was close to that. And... Now it is they're at a place where it is a possibility. And I think the reason for his hesitance was it was like, oh, I never saw this as a real thing. <laughs> so like now mm-hmm. it's a real thing. Oh, okay. And so he, he did just need a minute, I think. But also, I think that he, I don't think that he needed Brian's blessing. I think Michael needed to find that reason in himself and to say, okay, now that I have this option, do I want to take it? Right. In that conversation with Brian in that he was able to dig into himself and find that answer Correct. and say, yeah, no, I do want this. I, I, now, if this right is available to me, I want it and I should have this right. Mm-hmm. And so I think that conversation helped him realize his own what he needed. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. what he wanted on his own. Yeah. And watching Brian with all of this, like, I, I know that he's not initially happy with what he's hearing, but it's not because he's jealous of being or because he secretly wants Michael for himself. I think, you know, because he's been preaching this anti-pseudo-hetero thing Forever, and he can't believe that Michael is turning against his teachings in a way. And I also think there's this fear in Brian about what it might mean for their friendship. Again, not because he wants more than friendship from Michael, but because you feel like your friends move on from you when they get married, you know, mm-hmm. in a way. And and so they've always been this constant in each other's lives. But over the seasons, like, like we've talked about, we've seen that them kind of drifting in some ways. And so you just kind of feel like that drift is going to be more noticeable or whatever. And so I think it's more of a fear of that. Yeah, like what's this going to do to our friendship? And he's just kind of worried about that. But I like that we get to see both schools of thought, like Mm -hmm. of this, you know, both sides of the same coin here with to marry or not to marry. Yeah. Well, we see Brett Keller in a meeting with Marty, the studio exec, and he is putting on quite the dramatic performance. And Justin is just kind of sitting back watching Brett do his do his work. And Brett's like, I need stage seven. I need the whole back lot. And he needs like everything else under the sun. And Brett reminds him that they have money to do this project because his last picture made them $250 million. But this one is different. It's a gay superhero. And maybe in Brett's world, they're ready for it. But Marty is like, Topeka is it. (laughs) And Brett says, well, if it's good, if it has a big actor, if y'all give it a great campaign, People will go and see it. Well, Marty isn't sure about the dark themes, the bashing, the BJs, the butt stuff. Yeah. (laughs) I realize Marty is looking at this from a business and profit angle, but all of that stuff is someone else's real life. True. It's literally Justin's real life, which he'll talk about later, like minus the superpowers, although I'm sure Justin has some twink power left in him. (laughs) I know he got some in it, baby. Yeah. Well, Marty says, if you want to go with the gay thing, cut back on the butt business and make it cheerier and make the hero less arrogant. And Justin takes that as his cue to step in. He says, everything in our comic book is intentional. It was designed that way for a reason. And he tells him that a lot of the stuff that gay people go through is grim, and he should know as a kid who got bashed in the head. And as for the butt business, Justin says it's one of the great joys and privileges of being queer. Come through, and Jay. If Marty hasn't experienced it for himself, Justin recommends it. That part. <laughs> yeah, well, he doesn't stop there. As far as rage is concerned, just because he's a person, I mean, character, who makes no apologies for who he is and no regrets about his life doesn't make him arrogant. It makes him honest and brave. 
And so despite his concerns, Justin would prefer to be true to the original and Rage would expect nothing less. Fire. Uh, Michael could have never done that. Never. That's why it had to be, yes. It had to to be be Justin. Brett pretended it was about the pictures, but he knew. Yeah, he knew exactly what it was. Justin is going to hit you over the head with it straight. You Mm -hmm. know, he's going to paint the picture for you with his words, but then also, I mean, articulate them perfectly where, I mean, it makes sense in the business world, Mm -hmm. you know, and I understand what Brett is saying, but when you hear it from Justin's mouth, it's like, okay, I mean, I'm ready. Let's rock with it. Like, I can, I can totally see it. And he said it with such confidence. He has never been in one of these meetings before. Y'all talking about millions and millions of dollars right. spent just for production. Right. And he is millions... a server at the diner. Yeah, you feel yeah. me? <laughs> a little diner. Yeah. Okay. And he's in business meetings talking about handling of, you know, millions. And he did that with such confidence and ease and grace. And, um, yeah, I just feel like Michael could not have done that. Like, th- th- yeah. that check would have been pooled. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if he would have showed up there. And also, Brett knew that Justin is good looking. So who knows? I mean, maybe, you know, Marty, like, he dibble and dabble, <laughs> you know? So he good looking. Throw some line candy out there. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit, you know. Yeah. But I, you know, I didn't think about this before, but to see Justin, mm-hmm. you get one impression of him. But then when, when he starts talking yes. about something that he is passionate about and something that he believes in, when he starts defending his principles mm-hmm. and his way of life, like, you would you don't see that coming. And he did that with a smile because I see we seen mm-hmm. him do it with a frown, like when yeah. he was talking to the people about getting back into school oh, he, and the he can tear something up. Oh, he would tear something <laughs> up. Don't yeah. let him be passionate, y'all. He yeah. would tear it up. Yeah. And so yeah, I think it was definitely the right person to come and defend the integrity of that project mm-hmm. and how important it is to present it as they wrote it, as they created it. Exactly. Yeah. And he must have did something right because he made Brett smile. He sure did. Mm-hmm. Brett was like, oh, yeah, we got him. <laughs> <laughs> well, we see Ben and Michael, and they are getting married, and they whip this little ceremony together. I'm guessing they're at the, like, JP, Justice of the Peace Office mm-hmm. or something. And Brian and Hunter are the best men. I don't know who these other people in the audience are. And Debbie is so mad about having to share her tissues with Emmett and Ted. That's the last time she's going to a wedding with two queens. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so they both say, I do. And the JP takes a minute to say, if anyone has a reason why these two should not be joined in marriage, speak now, forever hold your peace. And you see Brian lean over into Michael's ear, but Debbie is on him. She's Girl, like, you say one word, you're going to be holding more than your peace. going to let you <laughs> and know. And then she gives him a smile, like, try me, baby. Yeah. I mean, every word. <laughs> yeah. If you're already missing one, you want to make that another? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I noticed that Hunter had both of the rings. I don't think they trusted Brian. To, Absolutely not. To, right? But he did come through and stand there for his friend at that ceremony. It's a very sweet and simple ceremony, but it's such a beautiful step in their mm-hmm. relationship. And when it's over, we see Teddy is crying more at this wedding than he did at Melanie and Lindsay's. And he says, well, they're lesbians. They just shake hands and go bowling. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, these tears aren't just for Michael and Ben. He says if things have been different, maybe. I knew it. Him, yeah. And Emmett doesn't let him finish that. He says, hey, stop beating yourself up. Like, we're still friends. And then he whispers, which means we'll be around a lot longer than most of these These marriages. marriages. Yeah. 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 I I just want Teddy to just, I feel like whoever shows him attention, he gets attached to. Uh, We saw that with the Blake, the, you know, reinsertion of Blake, how he Mm -hmm. got attached very quickly again. He wasn't over that. And then now this whole episode, I mean, even last episode when he was bringing up, um, Drew, mm-hmm. his 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 energy kind of changed. So yeah. I was like, oh, he's feeling him again. I, I know that they they're just friends, but yeah. uh, I just like, <laughs> baby, that ship has sailed. It's gone. You yeah. know, like it's over. I don't want them back together. Like I want y'all to just to be friends. Emmett, don't put the thing on him no more. Like 
Just let it no, Yeah, we've we've already talked about it. Yeah. Best friends cannot no. cannot yeah ever cross so, the lines again. Yeah, no. I yeah. mean just be friends, but I'm glad they're able to talk it out and mm-hmm. talk through it, you know. And Emmy, I mean, um, and Ted's able to express his feelings honestly, you know, because he know you made a mistake. Mm-hmm. You had a catch. He mm-hmm. was a really good catch, mm-hmm. and you let him slip through your fingers because of some C, yeah. you know. And um, but it kind of worked out for the best. Yeah, you got to find Emmett. I mean, Ted got to discover a part of him that he didn't even know he probably had inside of him. He had to drop to the bottom to build himself back up, and I feel like he's the best. He's the best version of his, himself now. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the simplicity of their wedding because it's not like they're expecting this marriage to change their lives in this big extravagant way, but it is something that is significant to them. Like knowing that they are husbands, that they exchanged mm-hmm. vows in front of their families, and they made this commitment to a life together, and that's what's important. I like that it was that they just did it and it was more about this commitment they were making to each other and just like hey this is an opportunity for us to kind of legitimize and legalize what we call ourselves but we're going to be that no matter what so I like that there wasn't this huge emphasis on throwing a big party but yeah but also like the confetti and those happy smiles at the end as they're all really as they're all coming out yeah Mm -hmm. do we have any backstory on Ben's family I think he mentions them once we're going to have to go back and look at at that yeah Mm mm-hmm yeah, I don't think he's that close to them, but, right. but we'll go back and we'll go back mm-hmm. and find that. Yeah. Well, then we are at the start of the Liberty Ride and Debbie is getting all her sons together. And then she has to leave them alone before she starts bawling. And <laughs> did someone mention bawling? Because then Brian rolls up and Debbie has some special words for him. She wants him to take it easy and not act like a superhero because they all know mm-hmm. like he's just now kind of and they don't know how much training he's been putting in and all this stuff. Right. So. They're a little worried, but they all know he's going to do it. This is Brian. Debbie knows she's not going to stop him. He's already determined in his heart and mind he's doing this. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, look, just be careful. Don't overdo it out there. And he obediently says, yes, mother, and gives her a kiss on the cheek. And he's a mess, but she loves him and he loves her. And yeah, so they're very cute and sweet. And then the ride begins and we see Michael and Ben have just married on the back of their bikes and yeah, so th- they still they, riding ugly though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You would think all that bike yeah, riding that y'all do is very, city. very shaky. Shake. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so the ride is happening, and I'm very, I'm looking forward to seeing how things go. Mm-hmm. I want to see how it's going to turn out and how Brian does the first day. You know, like yeah, he d- he did a lot of work, so I want to I want to know how does it how's it turn up and finish yeah. out. But I really want to know what's happening at this next party, though. Like, what yeah. is going on with Rage? What is Justin doing out there in L.A.? Mm-hmm. Out here with all these drugs and these sexy men and these famous people out here winning yeah. academies and stuff. Yeah, that's where I want to see. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. a whole lot of, uh, yeah. And we got one more. Going. <laughs> one more. It's going to tell it all. Yeah, it will tell it all. Yeah, it will, it will. Well, guys, we hope y'all enjoyed this episode as much as we did. And if you have any comments, you know how to reach us. You know what we say. Let's keep it interactive. Well, guys, until next time, looks like we are out of here. Bye. Bye.